red is G and G left and right. Left yes, and right. Hello, 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 everyone. Um, you're listening to the very first issue of Big Data Month. It's the newest podcast by Big Data Club of ESCP Business School. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about everything data-related that happened in October. And not only. We're going to start by reviewing the news, the latest news over the data industry. And then we're going to discover our, our job of the month, which is data analysts. So stay tuned till the end to, uh, to listen to this. Today, my name is Alexander Nioa, and actually all the days, and I'm more than happy to be joined by Maël Morand and Hugo Carucci in this podcast. So, Hello there. Uh, you can present yourself, guys. Okay, I'll start, if you don't mind. Uh, thank you very much, Alexander, to invite us to this first right. podcast. Uh, we are really pleased to be here very, with Hugo. Very pleased. It's a pleasure. <laughs> huh? So, my name is Mel, uh, Mel Morand. Uh, I'm here, like you guys, in uh, Master in Big Data, MSc Big Data and Business Analytics in uh, USCP Business School. Um, if you want, I can talk a bit more about my background. Yeah, uh, yeah just, just explain us where you come okay. from, like what's your... Yeah, I'm French, so if you had a... If you wondered, um, I did a first bachelor in Germany uh, in international business and then continued with, with a Master of Science in uh, financial management in England and in France. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, so my name is Hugo. Um, I studied in the UK in the University of Warwick and I am now a computer scientist <laughs> from that uni. Uh, so my, my background is very um, technical um, and the reason why... I joined the uh, MSc is because I wanted to discover a bit more about business and, uh, you know, make my uh, palette of skills a bit larger so I would get um, more options for the future. So That's yeah. great because we have, have a business and a, yeah. a tech approach at the same table. Yeah. Me and Mael <laughs> were more, were more businessy and Ego <laughs> is our reference when it comes to all things techy. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's great news. I mean, uh, we're going to start with a news review. I mean, I can start with a small and short and... Maybe a little overused topic. We're going to talk about VPNs because are you all users? Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do. I have yeah. used VPNs and I don't anymore. Okay. I yes. try not to. Oh, is there okay. a reason we're for that? We're going to talk about yeah. that because <laughs> that's interesting because with all the media today saying mm. that, yeah, you should use VPN, otherwise, all the bad things in this world are going to happen to you. Well, yeah, um, we're going to talk about VPNs and why are, they, why are they free and why are they not free, and if they're not free, why they're still not perfect. Well, uh, in the latest review uh, in October, there was a little review over, uh, about data breaches in VPN. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They happen in VPN too. They're still uh, companies because they're private companies and they can be attacked by hackers, which is a bit of a bummer for people who buy and pay money for, for a service that's supposed to conceal your data, conceal your virtual life. However, yeah, those breaches still happen. And uh, let's be let's be short about what VPN is. VPN is virtual pri private network. It's a it's a way to okay for a, for an end user. It's a way to conceal your data activity, well, or your internet activity from your provider, from your government. If you're somewhere, um, it's gonna it's a, it allows you not only to browse internet safely and happily in a in a little bubble of a private internet network, but it also allows you to mask your appearance and like appear as a German user, even though you're in the US or vice versa, it all depends on the servers. And um, yeah, now it's been used more and more by everyone, 
I think even now, well, like five years ago, I didn't know what was what was a, what, what was a VPN. I I knew I had a notion maybe, but now like since three years ago, I'm I'm, I'm a constant user. Wh and wh why did you first use it? Uh, I first used it in in Singapore three years ago because they had half of my favorite web websites blocked just f f just because. I mean, um, I'm talking about social networks and stuff. Trust me, <laughs> on other websites. And <laughs> since then, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a happy user of. Uh, it's more, more psychological mm. for me. I tell myself, well, uh, should be, should be concealed. I'm typing my password in my bank uh, account page. So I don't know. Maybe there are evil hackers somewhere on my Wi-Fi network. I know nothing about the networks themselves and how to spoof data and like uh, read your, your, the signals from your PC. But I trust people who tell me online that yeah, you should have a VPN because it's safer. But apparently, especially if you're using a free VPN, uh, you're not safe from everything that you might be willing to conceal yourself from. It's pretty much... Uh, um, they sell your data to data brokers to begin with. Mm -hmm. all, the, all the websites you visit, they look at that, they have the logs, they even tailor the the ads for you it's yeah, all the exactly. service that do you, this you need to you need to remember like if if you're not paying them how are they making the money from uh their system and yes, exactly. many times and you wouldn't you would be surprised to see that sometimes like data brokers is the nice part of uh the mm -hmm. system because it's the official one but um an employee who would have access to your data might be tempted to sell uh, address, ma mail addresses, uh, phone numbers, mm. uh, even addresses sometimes, to uh, on the darknet. It's mm. very um, yeah. billing uh, accounts too, because absolutely older, yeah. codes, uh, credit cards. The, the darknet's never been myself, but read a lot about it. Um, you can literally find anything nowadays. It's you a can. Place, honestly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. You can buy. Uh, you can buy uh, credit card details. Mm. Yeah. Um, but at different levels, they have packages, I heard, which so you can buy it without the code, just the credentials on the card with the cryptogram at the back. But you can buy it with also the phone number mm. that uh, that will receive the notification to allow it. So they hack into the phone, allow yeah. the transaction. And basically from there, from there, there's no way for you to stop them. And banks nowadays are not up to date with that. So they won't refund you because they'll say you said yes to the transaction with your phone and there's there should be no way of, of it happening unless yeah. you actually did it so it's a two-factor authentication that's not working as it's supposed to though uh, i'll just <laughs> say yeah I'll, I'll i'll say this if someone is really determined into getting something from you nowadays with technology he will get it find a way he will find a way always. No, I hope mm. I'm useless for all the hackers. So if, you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm, I'm serious. If I'm you're a hacker and you're listening, uh, yeah, good job. Woo. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, as said by Hugo, you're not safe anywhere, so mind yourself. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to change your geolocation, maybe online, uh, that would be a good idea to have a free uh, VPN for a couple of minutes. Mm. But don't rely on this because, I mean... If you're not paying for something... Yeah, product, don't expect it to you be your product. That's what you mean. <laughs> don't expect right. it to be good. I mean, I, I think we all learned the lessons of Facebook and stuff. If if you're free to register, then there is there's some cause there hidden for you. Mostly, it's your data. Yeah. And uh, of course, they will do it. They need money. They need money to eat and to uphold their servers. But uh, yeah, also, also even f uh, paid VPNs are not perfect because 
they're being they're um, being targeted by hackers by Absolutely. all the data breaches and stuff and uh, we're not safe so it's important to know that what VPN is and what uh, its limita limitations are so just be mindful of your own data and uh, of what you do online how you do it because we're not free today <laughs> no that's safe but it's i think um just to reassure people a bit but we know when we go on the internet it's not a safe place however it's not that bad like yeah. if if you want to protect yourself completely go in a in a cave and and don't take a phone or anything and live like a caveman exactly. nowadays yeah. you're connected all the time and you know what you'll have to deal with it so some just Make passwords that are different for every website. I know I don't even do it sometimes. Change it regularly. That's an important. Thing. Um, just to, you know, make sure, like your passwords. I think is the best thing nowadays that can protect you. Make sure that you follow them, the the rules, and make sure you've got them specific passwords for each website. I'll give you a quick example of uh, something I do. Uh, so, for example, if you have a website like Facebook, you need um you need a, a good uh, password. What I would do is something that is personal to me. So let's say I'm going to put Yugo as the first things in my um, in, in my password. password. Yeah, yeah, mm? yeah. <laughs> no. Yugo, you said? Yeah, yeah Yugo. Yeah, <laughs> <You're>, yeah <laughs> you, you can give it a go. You can try crack my account. Um, so something that's personal to me, something that I know I will remember that won't change or that would change very slightly and something that is uh, linked with the... Um, the the website so when mm. i look at it i just remember that so let's say you go facebook is going to be my my password and now change um the o's the a's um and the e's to so a's to fours o's to zero and yeah, and e's like to a, three and and that, yeah, this sense. is this is a cipher that only you will have the key because for you it will be logical uh you can do that with many things mm -hmm. and uh, it works really well and put some commas dots make it for you you need to make sure that it's easy to find because you'll look at something and you're like oh of course yes it's you that. still manage to not forget them no you, because you use you, you know you use uh if if for example you go on twitter it's yeah. not going to be it's going to be tw33t hmm. yeah you know that that you know donald trump's account in twitter was hacked two days ago <laughs> like like a guy who just uh, picked up a password he didn't brute force or anything he just he was his fifth try and he found his password no. his password was maga uh, 2020 exclamation points maga stands for make america great again <laughs> 2020 exclamation point and he just got the access to it and uh he didn't do anything with it he he could he could have done you know lots of things but he just sent an email saying come on it's 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 uh, honestly he didn't even, he didn't even have to factor authentication oh just just like that you get the access to this guy who who tweets every day who's active there and, uh, but he, not, he did not publish anything on his. No, account. no, no. He didn't do anything. He just uh, published proof that he wow. had access to account. He could like change still anything. Some, still, some good people in this world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he was more disappointed <laughs> than proud of himself, honestly. Uh, but yeah, that's a good, valid point. Talking about privacy, uh, that's a question that is quite interesting. When you enter uh, a website, whether it's uh, uh, for reading an article or whatever, or buying like clothes on 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 internet. You got always uh, to accept the conditions. What do the you cookies. do? Do you? Yeah, the cookies. Do you uh, pay attention and uh, 
No? I mean, sometimes you have to because it's a huge banner that it's just, yeah. you want to get rid of it and you just click, whatever. So um, you don't pay attention that much? For me, it depends how bothered I am. I mean. If it's a website that I know I'm going to come back to regularly, then mm -hmm. I'm just going to accept the cookies. If it's a website that I haven't seen much, but maybe there's something interesting there, then, um, you know, you can always refuse the cookies. They make it harder because it, you need to click like three three times more They're instead of clicking once. make it harder, yes. Um, but they have to let you accept. You can, I think okay. if you go, um, there's, they usually they call it uh, parameters or next to the accept, there's mm -hmm. like, uh, it doesn't say reject. Yeah, it like says options, parameters or options. And, and yeah, so um, I'd say if it's something you're going to go on regularly, oh, this is, you might as well give them because they might make your research more interesting later. They might get to know you. Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's something that is great. It's it's been like people look at it in a diabolical way. But um, what if actually your web browser knew you quite well, and you need to find something quickly? Like let's take an example of a song. You're looking over a song. We've all been at that point where you're like, oh, you know, the song goes la, 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 la. All right. Anyway. So, and, and, and you go like this and you, you try to, to find that song. Your brother doesn't know you at all and he gets you Frank Sinatra. Like, that's quite far off, right? Um, but if your brother starts to know you, he knows your style, he knows what you like. Um, well, I, I think that would be nice. I, I, I would quite like my browser to go like, oh yeah, you're thinking of that. It's, it's just much faster. So I don't think it's, it's diabolical. Uh, that was the, the topic of my, of my thesis, of my bachelor thesis, uh, data-driven uh, marketing strategy between uh, customization and uh, uh, small, um, you know, creepiness. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> most cases, creepiness wins. Uh, people find many things more creepy, but some things they find extremely convenient, such as, well, as you told, as, songs. Uh, well, songs, and not only. For example, if you're, for example, searching for an Adidas shoe, you find it too pricey. Then you go to um, uh, like a promo code website. It's going to give you this exact the promo that you need for this exact shoe that's available, even maybe tailored for you. So people are like, "Oh yeah, I want that. I don't want it to listen to my speech when I talk, but the rest I'm okay with." Well, yeah. I tell you what, even sometimes I find it rewarding because uh, I've been. No, it's it's fun story. So I was. I've, coded a lot in python especially for the last two years and um i can't find snakes anymore in my browser it oh, yeah. always showed me codes yeah, so if i type snow. python i will yeah. never get to see the snake python, unless i go python, python snake amazonia yeah. and i need to put Pictures. way more keywords and it just it just means like oh yeah now i'm a real coder google thinks i'm a coder so that's python quite rewarding it's just, it's just a language uh, yeah uh, for you, Python is a snake that was named after a language, right? Yeah. Exactly. But, well, uh, no. I mean, it's a valid point, all of that. And you know that there are actually, like, companies in France here, I've worked with them, that um, partner themselves with, um, for example, media outlets, like mm -hmm. Keep, for example. Uh, and they make your phone, tablet, listen to your surroundings all the time until they catch a jingle and the jingle being um, a TV ad that passes. For example, you a company, oh let's God. say, let's say you're selling cosmetics, and you have a TV spot that you bought for lots of money, and you're like, okay, I want this TV spot to to work as much as it can. So you make well contact that company that's in partnership with the Equip and all other uh, media outlets, and you tell them, okay, here's the jingle, 
the audio cue of, of the of the commercial, mm -hmm. the audio track. Here it is. When people with, a f with their phones and tablets hear, well, the tablets hear the jingle, can you show me, uh, can you show them my banner? And why is it cool? Well, because every time some people watch TV and there's a commercial, well, they look at their phones, tablets. They don't care anymore about the commercial itself. Oh. And it's a very effective because the commercial is going to attack from the TV. The phone is going to hear it, show you the same banner for the same commercial. Like it's a pop-up. It's a huge pop-up you can't miss. And uh, they found it to be effective. But more, most of the people were sure that it was a joke. That when I was telling them that it was possible, I was like, no, no, that's a company. They exist. I worked with them. Oh, I've I listened to their that. pitch. To their to be fair, I never heard that. So Me neither. Here Oh, I'm yeah. paying attention and now. And that's like, <laughs> that, that's, uh, this thing was rated the worst on my creepiness scale when I was doing it the It is the super creepy. Yeah. No, that, for example, I yeah. wouldn't like. If I'm not watching the ad and I'm on my phone, it definitely yeah. means yeah. I don't care about the bloody yeah. ad. But, okay, uh, to make it fair and, like, less creepy, those things are not connected to service, like, right away. It's a thing that happens on your phone. Mm. So your phone preloads, you know, the, the cues that it has to react to. And then when you hear them, okay, at least it's not a direct contact, but, I mean, come on. Yeah, here we go. I mean, data privacy is a huge topic we can talk about for an hours and mm -hmm. hours, but let's make, make a tour. Let's change a the theme. Oh, let's make it clockwise. So, Maelo, what do you have for us today? Yeah, I've got uh, a short news uh, from uh, the big company you might know, Alphabet. Of course. Really? Yeah, the famous. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, basically about uh, Reveal. Um, the Alphabet company Reveal its last project, which is about uh, agricultural tech. Uh, more or less, it's, uh, this project is called Mineral, like a mineral, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's a project that develops responsible agriculture using uh, software tools. So via the application of machine learning, which you might know for sure, mm -hmm. um, they use data from agriculture to improve the processes. Uh, from data collection in situ in the fields uh, and external sources. Uh, the algorithm um, based on machine learning is enabled uh, through this technology to, uh, to collect the data, information very basic, uh, like the plant size, the leaves, um, how big are the vegetables or fruits. And, uh, and they combine and analyze that with environmental factors like the soil, uh, the weather, the temperature, humidity, and things like that. Uh, with all this information and how they treat with a, a good algorithm, they are able to identify the patterns on how plants grow and uh, interact with the specific environment. So make it in more powerful, make it more uh, interesting for agriculture uh, to improve uh, the, the treatments for yeah. less treatments, more targeted in some specific fields. Uh, improve the yields, the forecast, and uh, the soil fertili uh, fertility and yeah. uh, production. That's funny because it crosses like lots of fields that are that are kind of buzzword fields today, like yeah, IoT, uh, machine learning, all the uh, all the improved uh, old industries that we have today with agriculture, for example. Mm -hmm, definitely, that's a great example. Of it's a big deal. Like uh, yeah. the technology in agriculture, it's more and more important. Uh, makes me think of. Uh, the it kind of echo with the current uh, announcement of uh, you know the the green objectives of the common agricultural policy the cap or pack politique agricole commune for the french uh, in the eu and they try to promote uh, such a responsible uh, agriculture and try to uh, involve more technologies and uh, and techniques uh, in this uh, industrial yeah i find this super interesting actually because uh, so um, I specialize in machine learning and yeah. robotics in my last year at work. Um, and 
up to me, it's amazing to think that one day we might have a, a farmer that is only helped by robots uh, in order to harvest uh, the the fields and take care of the animals. And I think, yeah, as you said, data is the first step. Then we're going to introduce like collecting the data, then introduce robot robots to help us and. I don't think many people I've heard say it's it's kind of scary, but I don't think so. I, I think it's quite amazing to show you what we can do on a te technological level. Mm. Yeah, I just hope that it leads to not only bigger yields and better crops, but also to like a more greener place. Yeah, a less, yeah, sure. A less, I don't know, less inconvenient type of farming with like better techniques and more efficiency. But the the, the fact that you raised the um, the fact that some people might be scared of these technologies, it's totally understandable. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yes. Like a f since course. the beginning Robots of humanity, I'd say everything that is new is a bit scary or threatening. I think what was really threatening for someone is the unknown. Like you see yeah. something working, you don't quite understand how it works, and you go like, damn, it can do things better than me. But um, if I can reassure people about robots, um, don't worry. Like, you, if you've seen the movie I Robot with Will Smith, um, yeah, we're amazing. not there at all, and I think it's pure science fiction. Um, robots, you need to remember, are really good at doing some tasks, very specific But things. Can they write a symphony? Uh, some some AI can. That, that was a famous quote from yeah. I Robot. So. Now maybe we cross. No, this, actually, if we did. <laughs> so here we go. But but I I saw I saw that uh, the MIT was raising a debate. Is uh, there's a robot? Uh, no, a robot actually with intelli uh, artificial intelligence that painted um, a piece of art. Uh, and a philosoph was saying, "Can you call it art, though?" That's a big question. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you, what what do you think? I want your opinion. Would you call if 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 a machine because let's call it what it is a machine that has maybe some kind of thinking hmm. but of thinking that is purely mathematical and logical the, can it produce something that would you you would call art the other way in the other sense therefore the art wouldn't be the result of this machine but maybe more the scientist that does the machine so uh, through yeah. through the scientist. Yeah. You create art through the machine. The scientist creates art. And you were like an artist as as an engineer. Maybe my high school philosophical teacher called me, uh, taught me to call everything an art, well, an art form. So yeah, this is this is an art form. I mean, at least for the engineer. Yeah, yeah, I think that's for it. Him. I think. I mean, he's creating something new with his algorithms. Yes, yet they're logical, but he's trying to to break this world's uh, ordinary ordinary uh, flow by mm. some something new. So, yeah. Now I think I think if in my opinion, if to call something art, um, you need to create it and you need to feel. Like I don't think there's any kind of art that is just uh, without feelings. Like the uh, the artists communicate something, um, and I don't think a machine can communicate feelings as it doesn't feel anything. But then, Yet. as as they say, as they say, the beauty is in the <laughs> eyes of the one who observes. So if you feel something when you're watching, well, when you're looking at the picture, at the painting, then the yeah, job maybe. is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If maybe. it makes you feel sad, happy, or something, yeah, doesn't matter what. Or not. Definitely, I didn't think about it. It doesn't sense. matter whether the machine felt it because it didn't. Yet, so but uh, yeah, if you feel something, I mean, 
then it becomes art to you. To you, ah, yeah. Fair that, enough. That's what, what yeah. matters. It's yeah. a fair point you wrote. So I didn't think we would uh, talk about what we define art for this though. podcast. I, I think it's great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, and I would love the people who are going to listen to this podcast to just uh, <laughs> share also their, their feeling about this. It would be really interesting to yeah. see what people think about that. Yeah, so leave your comment everywhere where you're <laughs> listening to this podcast. So we're going to be glad to answer. Um, no, but that's, that's interesting because, you know, the, those all the AI algorithms that are online and the, the Gaugan that can beautify your pictures, uh, the um, the algorithms that transforms transform your uh, selfie into a painting, a Renaissance painting. Mm. You ask yourself, well, th this painting is way more beautiful than the picture that I provided. How's this not art then? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That's valid. I mean, yeah. Do you have something to share with us, Hugo? With like well, a, a um, less artsy theme, maybe? I don't know. Continuing <laughs> on this, artsy. I've got something that might scare you or not. Um, so, sci uh, scientists have created a skin, basically, for robot, and now they can feel pain. Robots can feel pain. Uh, we're, we're almost there. I mean, feelings, I mean, it starts with pain, of course. So what what do you think? Does I'm a bit confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit confused. Why yeah. do you make robots suffer? What's your what's the idea behind that? Sadistic <laughs> scientists just make robots suffer. I can see that from it. Um, no. So the way it works is that um, they created a kind of skin that is um, it's a smart skin. Let's say it is that. What do you call a smart of course skin? It is. Um, yeah, you put smart in front of everything, don't you? Right. Um, so the way it works is that instead of having one central <laughs> intelligence, instead of having one central thing in the robot that makes a decision, it's divided in many uh, smaller components. And for this, so when when the when it feels something, when it feels pain in this case, um, the the rest of the skin will adapt to it. So for it? this robot, the, the existence is pain. Like it's just <laughs> quite literally. No, no. It only they, yeah, I guess it would be horrible to only feel pain. Oh, that, <laughs> it's, right. it's a good thing they don't think, um, oh. because uh, I mean, <laughs> I'd be pretty yeah. depressed. <laughs> I mean, but okay, what do they plan to use it in? I mean, apart from like I don't know, torture dungeons for robots, <laughs> <laughs> where can it be used? Um, so, it's interesting because the ro the robot could adapt its behavior. Oh from o feedback okay yes but <laughs> that sounds good like news. worse news it even worse news <laughs> i mean imagine you put this thing on a boston robotics robot the one that can run and jump or a dog the one that you kick all around uh, i mean yeah. <laughs> that's then thing is going to rebuild all well, like, what i can see happening is that if you if you kick it, uh, kick it and you yeah. make it feel pain it will just avoid you from now on it I will, mean, if it the will. first law of robotics works well which I'm not quite sure is going to happen, but well, uh, that's how you code let's it. Hope for that. But um, no, but like, let's say they will adapt their behavior, and also what they've developed is there's this kind of gel that if the um, skin is broken, it auto repairs. Does it work on us too, on humans? No. No. Right. Not yet. Can I replace my skin with smart skin? Uh, I'm be only let's pain, ask the, no, let's ask the professional. Do you want to feel extra pain? Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's like, I changed my mind. Feel it twice. <laughs> I mean, it 
can have some audience to it. <laughs> <laughs> some target market, I mean. <laughs> market. Not sure we want to go in that. That scares me. <laughs> Thanks, Hugo, before, uh, yeah. Yeah, no worries. Just uh, keeping you updated no, with no, robots. And I hope you're happy. <laughs> 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 the one the people who created it. Okay, wow. Um, I don't know how to continue with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that China and Ireland are trying to regulate um, kids and their digital imprints. So, you know, when you're a kid, you're having your Facebook page. When did you have your Facebook page or like whatever page? Mm. Mel, what age? Tell us. Let me think. Uh, it's probably, no, before high school, yeah. Yeah, um, for me it was like early middle school, I think. Yeah, I think so. I was like I 10, so. 11. God, 10, guys. 11. 10, 11, I'm telling you. My, my <laughs> parents always um, forbidden me from that having... Was, that was good of them. From, ...from having Facebook. And then so I went through half my secondary school without it. And then I was just missing out on so many things. I felt left yeah. a, left aside and then uh, not being able to talk to people uh, via Facebook, mm. not to be able to see what yeah. they posted. Even if now we go back to it, it was so insignificant. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I was like losing my time really. So I created a fake you account. Still, you're fake still account. losing your time. Yeah, time, time right? <laughs> Unfortunately, those video feeds from uh, f Facebook they would just make me lose so much time. Machine I, learning algorithms know you so well. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And and the worst is that sometimes. They show me videos I've already seen, but they know I'm going to watch them again. And that makes me so scared. I'm like, oh, God, they, they just know? know how to make me lose time. <laughs> I'm still confused with the algorithm of social media. Oh, really, because I, I don't understand how they target my account. Because I find like many videos on Instagram or, or pictures. I'm really confused to understand how it came up to me. Like, I don't understand. But do, really. do they like... Do they tailor you well? Like when no, you not at all. That's the no. point. Not <laughs> at all. It's like I don't know, bombs and waffles, and, <laughs> and I'm just but confused. I never typed like <laughs> bomb in exploding car or something. And <laughs> I still have that, you know, or a crash of two boats. I've got many of them. I, I don't get it. M maybe, maybe the social media knows you better than you know yeah, yourself, exactly. <laughs> which would be scary. So, Mal, please tell us. Uh, trust your algorithm. It's <laughs> being in a denial. Uh, yeah, I think so. You're right. No, but, but for me, it's it's even like weirder because some of like not I would say seventy percent of my feed is well tell it to me. So every time mm. I see those videos, like wow, how do they know? But then thirty percent is something completely off. So I still feel safe because I see videos that are done for me, and then I see a video that's completely off world. I'm like, okay, then you're not that smart yet. You don't know me so well. You <laughs> put me this video of a cat, even though I'm not. I'm not a cat person. Unless like, okay, that's fine. But that maybe they make me feel safe, so I stay in the network for long. Unless they're always trying to learn what you like and what are the new or things you me, like, and they they, they, they just throw <laughs> random things at you. And if they see there's a yeah. new thing you actually spend time on, they, they just know for, for tests. is the next thing they're gonna throw at you. So that's interesting. Maybe uh, it's yeah. not actually off at all. Maybe they're just experimenting and showing you new stuff every day to know you even better so social media enlarges your horizons that's a great headline for some yeah developers. actually it's, it's said this way <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean regulating kids especially online because you know when i were kid when i was a kid i besides posting unfunny memes i i was <laughs> i was making lots of uh, spelling mistakes uh, and stuff and I don't know if I want it to be there. Like, at least I want to have control over it, so I can, I don't know, click a button, raise everything before I was 18. Can you do that? Uh, you can't, but you can like have a logout of everything mm. they have on you. Takes and I did it for lots of time. Oh yes, 
And <laughs> yes, because I I like many awful <laughs> memes. I still want to unlike them, but too late, I think. I have to sp spend time on this. But yeah, I so think it's important. That, mm -mm -mm. Like, I don't know. It could be called digital purge for you as a personality. I mean, you don't feel anymore uh, good anymore with, I don't know, what you thought before or what, what feelings you expressed before. So you're like, okay, fine. This part of my life is now has to be gone. <laughs> so goodbye. My I can see you go, go okay, I'm not anymore a Nazi. Okay. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's hope it's going to be our future. Though. Is it like uh, the age uh, until um, when it's possible to uh, <laughs> delete all your past? Oh, What, when is that? Is it actually, uh, until you is it 18? 18 or something? I think it's, it's 18. Actually. In Ireland, Ireland, it's it depends. In Ireland and China, they want to reinforce, they reinforce like the just the control over kids' data. Wait. But then, but then, what you're talking about is actually implemented in many countries, and it doesn't really depend on your age. You can hmm. at any time say to Facebook, "Okay, now I want to be forgotten. It's the right to be forgotten." You know, hmm. the the one that's implemented in many countries. So GDPR, right? The GDPR talks about that, as far as I remember, but. Uh, You know, talking about it and implementing it is different things. So we still have to deal with those American net social networks that are <laughs> here in the U.S. And we don't really have full control over them here in Europe. But still, still, yeah. I mean, I mean, recently with uh, the what happened to uh, Monsieur Petit, um, there's going to be a lot of work that's going to be done with social medias. I think the the EU, well, France will get the EU to actually get things done with uh, social medias because there's a there's actually a real danger with uh, social medias like it, it raises the question of whose responsibility mm. exactly. Yeah, exactly is it a platform is it i don't know because there's this this debate where um, the social media says we're only platform hmm. we only are a support for people to put what they want but what's interesting in that medias the medias they're responsible for what IDs, mm -hmm. images, uh, content yeah. in general is uh, vehicled by them, through them. So what I find quite funny is that they're called social medias. There's only like this social word at the beginning and they're like kind of untouchable. Everything that happens within their perimeter of, um, you know, activity is nothing to do with them. And I think, in my opinion... I think that's a bit of an abuse. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. I think they've got many people working on it and they should check their content. What do you think they should do like really better? Like what this has to be reinforced like if you were the head of all social media? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it would be a question, I think, that you need a lot more information to investigate. So, But from the little things I know, I think... I would be a lot more strict on the rules of what is published and who um, talks. But then there's it. it there's the um, in France. There's the right to uh, to express yourself. Yeah. You can say many many things in France. But so. there, yeah, there's still no right to like uh, I don't know call people to violence or stuff. So this is still enforced. So. Yeah, there's a so what really shocked me and what some people do nowadays, and I think it's uh, very sad that some people do that, is that if you don't like someone and you want to make their life hell, you go on social media, you accuse them of something. Sometimes that's not even true. Yeah, with no proof. And uh, exactly no proof. So what's great with uh, social media is uh, what's the worst about it is that you always find someone that is has nothing to do um, and on that moment and and will just take a hint and <laughs> do what, whatever you, you, you 
like whoever you designated will hunt them down because they've got nothing else to do. And I think giving name, well, full name, address, uh, phone number, email of, of someone else on social media should be banned. Like it's, it's a horrible thing. It's just, you know, you can spread basically their life with no filter uh on social media meaning that people with bad intentions could literally find them in real life which is actually what happened so to be fair for for social media they're trying to to monitor to filter the the uh, unruly stuff that pops out here and there uh but still it's it's not it's not yet there we still have you know those clusters of of hatred sometimes in different parts of it and well there's still lots of work to be done yeah but well we can we can uh on this sad note we can pass to a happier thing to end our podcast it's gonna Yay. be a, it's gonna be a little quiz for you guys mm-hmm. i don't know if i don't know about you do you do you think of data analysts as maybe a possible future for you in a career yes indeed view yeah, definitely. Yeah. S- okay close your eyes and imagine a perfect data analyst describe him to me like at least what he does what does he because yeah you may you want to become one maybe okay actually. so what for you is a perfect data analyst where does he work what does he do how does he tell us live? about your dreams yeah. <laughs> Make us yeah. dream too. I, I think the big point is uh, data analyst is a quite gen- gen- generic name uh, depending on which industry you're working on uh, whether you work in marketing team or finance or you, you can basically be a data analyst for for everything more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was data analyst to a sense in financial uh, activities. I was uh, studying finance and uh, computing data to produce uh, uh, data analysis, uh, data reports. To some extent, that was uh, data analyst, but uh, yeah, meantime, right. uh, you can be data analyst uh, for marketing. And, yeah. so and it's quite different from what you do, but it's still data analyst. So yeah, it's, it's, ver- it's a very broad term. term. Um, because yeah, I've, I've Googled a couple of I would say a couple of, almost a hundred of oh. um, job offerings for data analysts here in Ile-de-France. Mm-hmm. And um, I've compiled some main data that you might be interested in. Uh, to begin with, in the uh, required com- uh, competence uh, section, what do you think was the most researched and the most uh, yeah, research competence in a data analyst? I'd say... Uh, it can be both technical, like, I don't know, office suit, or it can be in uh, characteristics like, I don't know. Hmm. Something from on the technical uh, technical aspect, there's definitely going to have uh, Excel skills. It has Excel. It's the most yeah, commonly used. What do you, what do you think is the biggest one? I was surprised. I thought it was going to be Excel. I'm telling you, it's not. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Excel. Excel is number. Is it no? Is it R? It's number three. I'm telling you. R. Even, no, it's not R. You mean technical skills or yeah, yeah, soft yeah, skills? Yeah, uh, no, techni- so technical skills. Excel is number number one. Weirdly, um, but. It is that is I don't know. They just let's think of as a as a as a recruiter. They kind of I think know that you know Excel, so they want to specify something else that you don't necessarily know, mm-hmm. but they want you to know it as a data analyst. It starts with an S. SQL. Exactly. Uh, it's you uh, said SQL, which is um, which is number one requirement, and it's twenty percent in twenty percent of uh, job requirements. Uh, the it's there. No, more than 20%. Yeah. It's 20% of all the mentions of all the technical skills, there is SQL. So SQL is the number one on all the 
uh, well, the always precise. Yeah, SQL knowledge is was gonna be very good. SQL, SQL, SQL. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a SQL is a, a structured query language. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. it's a it's a way to interact with a database to extract data, join data, blend data. Of course, as a data analyst, the one who wrangles data, who works with it, extracting is is of course important. And that's not a given skill. It's not everyone knows it by default. It's not that easy. You know, not that difficult, but still, uh, they want you to know it beforehand. So that's number one. What's so, yeah. number two then? Not Excel. Before Excel. So not Excel. Oh. Telling you. I'm surprised to be fair. And those, to be honest, it's are the required skills. Like the ones that are not. It's a plus to have them. That's like we need those. So what do you think is the second one? Would it be coding or? Uh, I don't is, think so. is it coding or well, Python? I reckon. I reckon it's Python. 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 It is yeah. Python. It's 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 fourteen percent of all the mentions are Python. Python is like at least they they don't ask for much, but they ask still for basics. For also basics of data analytics, you know, libraries, pandas, and NumPy. But yeah, Python, they, they always say, and of course, it's a number one in the it's a plus section. Mm. So Python is definitely something that people would want to need. But then uh, then it's Excel. We're finally there. There it's Excel. And Interesting. What, what is left from, from technical skills that I didn't call yet? Um. That a data analyst might, might need. I, th I think the basics of Microsoft, like using Word, PowerPoint, and things like that. They don't mention that anymore, but yeah, yeah. well, I think it's implied, yeah. but they don't mention it, you know? Yeah. They mention it like once or twice, but I mean, uh, they hope that you have it. It's considered as a prerequisite. Yeah, but like a huge, a huge section that's still left out is uh, the database, the oh. data visualization software, and they're, it's actually like equally divided between Tableau and uh, Power BI. And uh, yeah, they want that, you know, to track, to help you track tendencies over time to help you visualize what you searched for because you as a data analyst you uh, process information then you have to present it to someone because you're a bridge between the most technical part and the business part so, so if you're applying job. for a data analyst job you know what to put in your cv right exactly or at least exactly. don't put it if you're not sure you have it no. oh, oh yeah don't go to an interview saying that you've got a skill and then they ask you about that skill during the interview and what then about a test i'm sorry i can't i can't <laughs> I forgot everything about yeah, it. Oh, oh, or I wrote that. Nah, scrap it. It's, <laughs> it's just, I lied. I, mean, it's I lied. <laughs> see, I got the interview. Right yeah. <laughs> At least I'm honest, you see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, yeah, it's R2. R is the uh, least mentioned of the technical skins, along with SAP, SAP, hmm. which I think SAP is going a little bit in the past. It's mostly like, you know, the traditional big companies, they still use it. They, they require it. Not in startups. You will, Well, you will find it, but not as... Not as often. And then there are also demands for on uh, no SQL platforms such as MongoDB. They, they want oh, you yeah. to know, you know how to work with the with different types of databases that are still gaining popularity today. So yeah. Yeah, MongoDB. I've worked with it once. How is it? Um, similar to SQL, I think. If if you're a good SQL, if you've got a good level in SQL, you shouldn't be too troubled in learning MongoDB. It's just another platform, really. It's like. Mm. It's like uh, if you 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 know how to speak French and you want to to pick up uh, an accent, really, you you change slightly oh, your methods and you just uh, you know use it again and again until you get really good at it. That's all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Still, there there are tendencies to get to get into because again, I know MongoDB still slowly replaces SQL, but SQL is still gonna stick around because mm. it's used by many companies and it's not easy to switch from one uh, one to another. Well, yeah, and to to finish on all that, 
as you said, my data analysis is a broad thing. You can be working in finance and doing data analysis, but in finance, and you can work in I don't know retail or or uh, factory management. You can still be a data analyst while doing ex well very different things. And it's very broad, but the most important question, the salaries. Let's talk about the first, the internship salaries. What do you think is the range? Uh, I think that's, um, I don't want to insult your question. <laughs> but, uh, it really depends once again on, on the industry. So, But I was surprised because it was rather rather mm. narrow, the range. It's oh, not, really? It was not, it was it? not really yeah, oh, zero well, to 100. Like, I would say even in France, you, you focus on France, France right? and Paris, to be precise. Oh, okay. I'd say 40, uh, 40k a year. No, 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 I'm talking about internship for now. Like oh, internship. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if you get an internship at 40k a year, please tell me. I'm I am taking it. <laughs> We're all good at that. No, no starting at 500 extreme minimum uh, because it's the legal minimum, more, more or less that. Uh, but I'd say for well, master, master students. What do you think is an average thing? Ah, oh, no. Uh, between uh, between 800, a, 900 and... I'd say 900. I would say 1,700. That's an average, you think? I would surprise you because the average still quite nice, nicely uh, bottles up around a, a thousand. Oh, that's right. like a, that's like an it's a that's a good internship. Average, average, I would say. What's your guess? Hmm? What's your guess? I was I was saying nine hundred yeah. for the well, uh, and to to make you feel better, uh, not many people will ask you to be a data analyst for huh. a minimum 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 thing. I mean, the lowest I saw was like seven eight hundred. I mean, it I requires mean, skills that do need a, a lot of knowledge, so they yeah, can't they can't, can't pay you. To, yeah. You can just show up, and you have still have to pass technical tests. That's a thing that they do, but like, yeah, it goes up to by uh, by the way, and if you're in a big four and you're doing some data analyst related stuff, it goes up to two thousand easily, oh. like five fifteen hundred. That's normal if you're in a big company, and no. which is more than good. But so yeah, it's a promising thing. I mean, keep an eye on the tendencies; it's evolving. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we're watched by the future data analysts. So give us a call if it's the case. If you're hiring, <laughs> especially, yeah. Uh, but well, that's a, that's a great opportunity. And do for you the have um, so uh, if you become a data analyst in yeah. your day-to-day -day job? Um, do you have uh, in France, especially in Paris, how much do you earn per year? Oh, then it depends because if you're a junior data analyst, it usually starts at around forty thousand a year, yes, that's which right. is good for a for a post. I mean, it's uh, for a first job, it's pretty analyst. good. Oh, yes, it's pretty good. It's pretty much a developer level, like a IT developer level. But it goes also from like thirty-eight k maybe, well, for sometimes. But if you're working for bigger companies, of course, it's going to be bigger. Of course, it's going to be better. And it goes up to like senior data analyst, and then the career path is is pretty wide you can become a chief data officer chief data chief data governance officer chief uh, anything officer because i mean now the this branch of data in your company is getting more and more and more and more power so uh, i mean that's that's definitely a thing for the future this i do think it's the right time to enter the market of data analysis and data yeah. science or data yeah. engineering so uh, start your careers anyway. start your careers within the next 5 years and if you do well then yeah. You should be pre-settled. That's that's a great. I'm sure we can do another podcast in five years to review. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years. <laughs> exactly. Date. Date, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, I think it's about time for us to, to finish. Thanks again uh, to Maël Morant and Hugo Carotti. Uh, my name is Alexandre Nino, and uh, this is the end of the first three episode of Big Data Month of Big Data Club in ESCP Business School. I see you next month. Bye bye. Ciao. Ciao.